It's now time for the Billy C Show. Part of the BillyCBoxing.com network. Coming to you live from the Billy C. Studios in Lake George, New York. I'm Bill Caliger, and it's time for the Billy C. Show. Good morning, good day, good evening. Whenever you're watching, whenever you're listening, I hope you're doing okay today. Today's show is being brought to us in part by, you guessed it, my book, Tom Molino, From Bondage to Baddest Men on the Planet, is available right now, where all good books are sold. I'm talking Right now, while you're watching or listening to this show, you can get a copy of this book. And hey, it's a great time because she fits right into the stocking for a stocking stuffer for the holidays. That's right. You can get it right now on Amazon.com or BarnesandNoble.com. If you want a signed copy, you better hurry up. If you want it uh, under the tree in time, just drop me an email personally, Billy at Talkin Boxing. That's T-A-L-K-I-N-B-O-X-I-N-G.com. Or just visit our website, billycboxing.com, and click on the, the book. Yeah, that's all you got to do. Um, today's show, we're going to talk uh, about a lot of different things, but first and foremost, uh, Canelo Alvarez uh, against Rocky Fielding uh, last night in New York City uh, at Madison Square Garden. Um, Canelo, uh, <clears throat> I guess... Uh, for all intent and purposes, I'll let you say, he made history. He picked up his third belt, uh, the super middleweight uh, regular WBA title uh, from Rocky Fielding in a uh, one-sided beatdown of uh, poor old Rocky Fielding, uh, who drops to 27-2 and two with 15 knockouts. Uh, Canelo, on the other hand, improves to 50 wins, one loss and a couple of draws with 34 knockouts. Um, you know... To me, this fight uh, was uh, was a shim-sham scam. You know, I, I mean, that's that's all I can say. And the reason why I say that, no disrespect uh, to Rocky Fielding, but, um, I mean, did did anyone really think uh, that uh, that this was going to be a, a competitive fight uh, in, in, in even a little bit? I mean, I, I got to admit, I, I guess I thought that maybe it was going to get uh, a little competitive, you know, seeing the height difference. I thought maybe Rocky Fielding would uh, would try to outbox uh, Canelo. Um, he didn't, and uh, Canelo uh, destroyed his body, dropping him uh, several times uh, before uh, it was waved off uh, in the third round uh, at 2 minutes and 38 seconds to give Canelo the win. A couple of quick thoughts I have on this fight. Uh, number one, numero uno, um, isn't it funny how, you know, I, I think Canelo weighed 167 point something pounds at the weigh-in. This is the same guy that avoided Triple G for, what, two years, claiming he's so big. Oh, tri- Triple G's so big. I'm just, a, I'm just a junior middleweight, you know, and uh, uh, Canelo Alvarez is a big guy. Um, whether he eats uh, tainted beef to get that size or whether he's just uh, filling into his body now that he's uh, in his late 20s. Yeah, he's only 28, I believe, um, either 28 or 29. And, you know, he seems like he's been around for forever, you know. Uh, that's what you get when you start your uh, career uh, early. Hey, hey listen, I, you know, I, I give him credit for this, but when you go back to the, you know, in time to uh, 
a time when a time well, I'm saying time a lot when you go back in time to an era I should say um, where there's one title for each division and oh by the way this division didn't even exist uh, back in the day the super middleweight division didn't uh, hit the scene until the early 80s but um, the truth of the matter is is you know how much credit does uh, a fighter of today get I mean if you put it in perspective uh, you know, is it really that hard to obtain a title today? I think the difficulty becomes more, you know, uh, keeping it. That's where I think the challenge is today. Whereas years ago, it was the rise to get the opportunity to fight for a title and then, of course, keeping it. But, uh, but today, titles are handed out like candy on Halloween. And then depending upon the level of opposition that's uh, hand-fed, uh, to the fighter will determine uh, if uh, if that fighter is a legit champion. Now, in Canelo's case, of course, I don't question his legitimacy as a world uh, champion. He's clearly uh, uh, one of the best, not the best. And I still don't believe that he is um, to, uh, um, you know, I don't think that he is uh, the sport of boxing the way they were trying to, to bill it. And quite honestly, it was nauseating to listen to the uh, commentating last night uh, with all the accolades for uh, Canelo. I mean, talk about uh, a network that invests 300 and almost $350 million in Canelo Alvarez and then uh, to coax the uh, commentators to uh, uh, build that up. You know, for anyone uh, that's a sports fan that's never heard of Canelo, uh, they certainly think that he's uh, one of the best. But uh, I, I guess in the for argument's sake, he is one of the best today. The best? No. Pound for pound number one, like they were suggesting last night? Uh, no. Uh, he's not pound for pound uh, number one, in my opinion. At least in my opinion, pound for pound number one uh, is a very close tie. Uh, I could be okay with either way, but, uh, um, you know... I, Vasily Lomachenko and Terrence Crawford, to me, are the top two pound for pound. I don't have Canelo pound for pound uh, in there. I, I, re I mean, I have him in the top ten, but he's not number one, in my opinion. Um, the whole card kind of sucked. I mean, uh, I can't uh, sugarcoat it any other way. Um, Tevin Farmer. Now, don't get me wrong. I love Tevin Farmer. All right? I like the fact that this is a guy in the super featherweight, junior middle, uh, lightweight division, whatever you want to look at, um, that, uh, uh, you know, has seemingly, um, you know, earned his, uh, his stripes, so to speak. Um, you know, he, uh, he did not, uh, um, you know, get handed anything. He had a uh, pretty tough uh, road, uh, as a matter of fact. And, um, you know, I, uh, uh, I just, no disrespect, but his opponent, every one of these fights were set up to, uh, uh, to give their uh, uh, to give the champions the win, except for Rocky Fielding, Tevin Farmer um, uh, went uh, uh, the distance with Francisco Francesca, who drops to twenty-two two and one. Farmer improves to twenty-eight four and one. Uh, all three judges scored at the same a one-sided uh, fight, one seventeen one eleven. Uh, all in favor of Tevin Farmer. Now uh, Saddam Ali. Uh, a guy that got destroyed uh, in his last time out. Um, he uh, uh, he um, needed to get a, a, a W, and um, he got it last night. I mean, um, he uh, 
uh, fought uh, uh, Mauricio Herrera, who's a tough guy. He's a tough guy. Uh, but uh, Salam Ali fought kind of smart in this fight, uh, in my opinion, because uh, he boxed, and that's what he should do. Uh, and he uh, uh, won this fight in unanimous decision, 100 to 90, 99-91, 98-92, with the way all three uh, judges scored uh, that one. So uh, congratulations to Saddam Ali. Uh, I, I like Saddam Ali, um, and um, you know I, I wish uh, nothing but the best for him. Um, but uh, in any event, the other fight that was uh, no notable fight, at least for me, uh, on this uh, on this card was uh, uh, Ryan uh, Garcia, uh, Kingry Garcia, if you will. Uh, he improved to seventeen and zero with fourteen knockouts uh, when he stopped uh, Brolio Rodriguez at one f- uh, minute and fourteen seconds of the fifth round, um, and uh, uh, Ron Lipton was the uh, referee in that one. Uh, so. Uh, congratulations to uh, Ryan Garcia. Uh, I'm looking to see him uh, step up uh, in the near future. So we'll see what happens uh, there. Um, we're going to have uh, Alex Papali and, and uh, Dax Khan uh, join us uh, a little bit later. And uh, one of the things that uh, we uh, wanted to talk about was um, some of the things uh, going on with uh, end of year stuff. And speaking of end of year, this will be our last show uh, of 2018 with the way the holiday uh, falls this year. We uh, will be showing uh, some other shows. Uh, our, all of our radio dials will be playing uh, some best of stuff as well and some other uh, holiday programming. Um, but uh, we will return, I think it's that, what, January 6th maybe? Uh, it's the first Monday after, uh, I'm sorry, first Sunday after the new year. Uh, so that's when we'll be coming back and... I want to make an announcement right now. Uh, we got some really good news uh, for you guys. I told you that 2019 was going to be another uh, great year for us, uh, the show. Uh, and, uh, of course, uh, we hope that uh, you guys are, are supportive. But uh, uh, in addition to announcing a new radio station that we'll be part of, uh, which uh, you're going to have to wait till the first of the year, uh, we also are going to be uh, a part of a new television network uh, called Ginko, uh, G-I-N-I-K-O, USA TV. Now, what this is, is it's a platform that puts you on all the streaming television uh, apps. So the show will be uh, available on Roku and uh, Fire TV, Google TV, Android TV, etc., etc., etc. And um, we're really excited about it because what they're doing is they're actually setting up And get this, a a 24-hour, seven-day-a-week Billy C. Boxing uh, channel. So we're real excited about that. We've done so many great things uh, in the past, you know, uh, shows uh, not only uh, covering, uh, you know, every uh, topic that was relevant in the sport, but also some specials uh, that we did over the years. And I have uh, almost 15 years' worth of uh, shows uh, that will be, you know, sprinkled in there uh, to cover uh, the 24-7. Uh, and we will also be adding some other shows. So if you have a show or if you have a, a channel uh, that you've been uh, toying around with and you want to add it to uh, our network, um, no problem. Drop me an email 
and uh, I'll give you the uh, the deal, and uh, we can go from there. So uh, just drop me an email, Billy at Talking Boxing. That's T A L K I N B O X I N G dot com. We're really excited, and uh, I want to thank uh, uh, Lee Wow Media uh, for uh, hooking that up. My man uh, has done a, a, a great job. Uh, you know, you got to. Uh, if you're looking to get some representation and you got a small show, uh, drop me an email and I'll hook you up with my man Lou. But uh, in any event, uh, some other things getting back to the fight from last night. Um, you know, the co-main event was supposed to be, I, I'm pretty sure it was the co-main event, but it was definitely supposed to be on the card. David Lemieux against Torino Johnson. Now, this was a fight that uh, uh, I, um, I, I was looking forward to. And it was canceled, and the reason is because David Lemieux uh, had to uh, go to the hospital uh, due to dehydration and uh, required intravenous uh, uh, fluids, and uh, uh, bottom line is he, he, he was in no condition to fight. You know, here's the thing. I think this really shows, in, in terms of David Lemieux, I think it really shows beyond any shadow of a doubt that this guy's training technique or methods or, or heart for training is not that great. I mean, uh, the truth of the matter is, is he's had trouble making weight. Um, we've seen him come in the ring where he literally had more uh, uh, jiggles on him than a Jigglypuff uh, character, if you know what that is. <laughs> I had to be taught what that was, but uh, in any event. And, um, I, you know, he, either he's not training properly, he doesn't put his heart into it, but this guy always seems to have trouble uh, making weight, and I don't think there's room for him to go up in weight. His height will be uh, uh, his Achilles heel. So um, David Lemieux, uh, you know, I don't think he takes this sport seriously. You know, the the thing is, is uh, I knew, I met David Lemieux early in his career uh, up in uh, Canada, and, um, you know, he, he was coddled. Uh, he was going to be a, a, the big next uh, star, uh, and uh, he, he, he became, uh, you know, he, he hit stardom, no question about it. Um, but, you know, because of some of the, the real easy fights that he was hand-fed uh, up to uh, uh, his 20th fight or something like that, you know, he, he started listening to the, all the ears, you know, his ears started uh, hearing all the whispers in it, you know, you're the best, you're this, you're that. And uh, I just, you know, I see that happen to a lot of young fighters, and it's unfortunate um, for David Lemieux, he was a, a fighter that I liked. So, uh, uh, anyway, some other fights I wanted to talk about real quick before we get back into uh, the Canelo fight. Uh, not that there's a whole whole uh, lot to talk about, but um, former uh, WBO heavyweight champ Joseph Parker improved to twenty five and two when he scored a third round knockout over Alexander Flores. Uh, Flores drops to a seventeen and two. Um, also, in the co-main event on that card, Junior Fay. Uh, or Fa uh, improved to 16 and 0 with nine knockouts when he took care of uh, uh, Rogelio Omar Rossi uh, in the very first round. Rossi drops to uh, uh, 20 wins, seven losses, and a draw. Uh, this was Friday. Also on Friday, uh, WBO Super Middleweight Champ Gilberto Ramirez um, got um, uh, got his unanimous uh, decision win uh, over Jesse Hart. To improve to 39 and 0 with 25 knockouts, uh, the way the judges scored it, 115, 113 twice, and uh, one judge had it even. So I guess it was a majority decision. I, my apologies. Um, you know, uh, uh, the uh, 12th round, 
uh, Hart uh, got uh, uh, battered around the ring um, for uh, for that round for that fight uh, in that round during that fight, uh, but uh, uh, did uh, uh, buzz uh, Ramirez. Uh, but at the end of the fight, Ramirez wins. Uh, and also at the end of the fight, um, Zerto Ramirez announced that he's going to move up in weight uh, to uh, to the light heavyweight division. So a uh, little news there. Um, somebody sent me, and I forgot who it was, and I got a bunch of emails I'm going to read uh, a little bit later, but uh, uh, somebody sent me uh, a uh, an email, um, and it had a link to it. It was a story. And it was from, uh, actually it was dated December 7th, and it was from a, a, uh, uh, a, a publication. I don't know if it's just an internet uh, thing or if, if, if they go to print or whatever, but it's called The Sport Rag. Normally I don't promote or like to promote anything else, but I want to read this to you uh, because Deontay Wilder uh, coming off a very controversial win uh, or draw, I should say, where he gets to keep his title uh, over Tyson Fury, and the reason why I'm bringing this up is because uh, you'll see in a minute. But, um, you know, he's been crying ever since. He, he was hurt his arm. And that's why he'd make an excuse after excuse after excuse. And, you know, he, he, he took what I think was a gift. And I think he's put in a lot of negativity around himself by making up all these excuses. But nonetheless, this article from the Sport Rag says the, the title says Deontay Wilder breaks his arm again in head of a rematch just in case. And, you know, when I read that, I was like, at first I'm saying to myself, huh? And then I realized it's a, well, I'll read it to you. Following the news that World uh, Boxing Council has sanctioned a rematch between Wilder and Tyson Fury after their titanic battle at the Staples Center in Los Angeles, Deontay Wilder has reportedly have immediately broken his arm again, just in case, uh, shortly after fumbling his way to a questionable draw against Fury in their first fight. The bronze bomber took to social media to tell the fans he'd broken his arm 12 weeks before the fight, despite using that right hand to obliterate an unwitting ESPN mascot around six weeks before that fight and posting several training videos thereafter showing off his immense power and apparently sending his trainers uh, to the hospital. The Alabama fighter had this to say, I just want to make sure I have the excuse ready again when Fury gives me another boxing lesson. I'll probably ask Mauricio Suleiman uh, to pay off a couple of judges again, too, and maybe ask the referee who does super fast 10 counts. Uh, but I thought uh, I may as well break my arm again as my fans really bought that BS the last time. Obviously, this is not a quote from Deontay Wilder, but I found it extremely funny uh, because of uh, all the excuses that uh, Deontay came up with. But uh, in any event, uh, Canelo Alvarez beating uh, Rocky Fielding last night, if you're just uh, tuning in, uh, not much to say. Uh, the positive that I really got out of this fight uh, was uh, uh, was Canelo working the body. You know, I, I love fighters that work the body. There's no question uh, about that. I, I, I just, I, I love it. You know, I think that uh, uh, it's, you know, it shows that they know how to break a fighter down. And um, I, I just believe that it, it's it, I, it's something that a lot of fighters today uh, don't do anymore, uh, which uh, I really uh, can't understand. Uh, because if you learn how to box um, after you learn the jab, uh, a body shot uh, should be something that, 
um, you learn is a vehicle to help you break down a fighter. Canelo definitely worked a body, uh, viciously, I might add, and it was a lot of body to hit uh, against uh, Rocky Fielding. And, and it's something I, you know, mentioning uh, uh, Deontay Wilder a few minutes ago, um, it's something that I wonder why uh, more fighters uh, don't do that, um, you know, with uh, against Deontay Wilder, try to work his body. I, I know it looks nice and toned and, and uh, all of that, but uh, in my opinion, it's uh, uh, it's it's still vulnerable. I don't care how many uh, ripped muscles you see uh, when it's that big, that much in terms of distance, um, you know, and the fact that, you know, if you get inside on on Wilder, he seems uh, a little bit uh, susceptible uh, because he he smothers himself sometimes uh, with uh, with his own, uh, uh, you know, uh, style, I should say. Uh, but uh, uh, in any event, this is uh, what uh, I'm talking about. So I just think that more fighters should um, should definitely uh, work the body uh, more than uh, a lot of them do. So anyway, um, some of the things we're going to be talking about with uh, um, uh, Dax Khan and, and Alex Papali uh, is uh, the end of year. Uh, you know, I had asked uh, a lot of you guys to, to send us your end of year stuff, whether you had a chance. You know, this, this year's holiday came so fast to me. You know, I, I mean, I, I remember, uh, you know, complaining around Halloween uh, why they were already advertising uh, Christmas. And I'm like, ah, Christmas, oh, man, everybody's doing Christmas so early, so early, so early. All of a sudden, the other day, I realized Christmas is, is not that far away. It's less than two weeks away. Uh, it's actually a week from Tuesday. So, um, you know, it's, uh, it's pretty, uh, came on pretty quick. Uh, and uh, ultimately, this whole year flew by pretty quickly. But um, Dax came up with a pretty good idea uh, for us to talk about what our thoughts uh, were for the end of year uh, three main things uh, they give awards for everything now but I'm looking at three main things uh, one the promoter of the year the event of the year and the fighter of the year um, so I, my first um, thought uh, when we uh, when we get to uh, uh, the promoter of the year I, I don't think that this is um, you know I, I don't think that this is uh, any kind of a uh, a hard one. Uh, Eddie Hearn uh, clearly uh, gets my fighter uh, of the year uh, award this year. I mean, there's there's no no doubt in my mind uh, that he should have uh, uh, that he should get this. And the reason uh, is because of what he's done uh, for the sport. I mean, uh, uh, this is a guy that that has brought some interest back, and uh, you know he's uh, very successful. With, uh, with everything that he seems to be doing. Um, you know, I, I just, I, I, to me, it's a no-brainer with, uh, uh, with Anthony Josh. I mean, with uh, um, Eddie Hearn. I think Eddie Hearn definitely wins the Promoter of the Year Award uh, for me. Now, the other one, um, you know, uh, that he wanted us to do, um, which was uh, the event of the year. Um, that one, you know, um, I, you know that that could be a toss-up for me, in, in my opinion. Anyway, um, you know, I, first and foremost, uh, I think that 
you know, you have to give you have to give um, uh, credit to the last heavyweight fight we we watched, and that was, of course, um, you know, um, Tyson Fury against uh, um, <laughs> I can't even remember his name anymore against Deontay Wilder, and um, you know, I, I think that that fight uh, was clearly uh, one of the events of the year. I, and and I, I think that the other uh, fight that you could think of that was a fight of the year was Anthony Joshua against Joseph Parker. Now, a lot of people are going to disagree with me on that, but here's why I think that both those fights uh, could be a tie for event of the year. Um, first and foremost, Anthony Joshua and Joseph Parker was a um, unification fight in the heavyweight division. And there was a lot of uh, interest in that fight. And I, I thought it was a, a good fight. Uh, Anthony Joshua came out on top. And he kind of unified all the belts except for one. And I, I think that that fight gave us a definitive heavyweight champion. When we mention heavyweight champion, we can think of Anthony Joshua. So I think that that fight uh, ties the fight with Tyson Fury and Deontay Wilder. Now, you could also make an argument for Deontay uh, against his Luis Ortiz fight, uh, with his uh, Luis Ortiz fight, because that kind of put Deontay Wilder, at least in my mind, on the map for uh, in the heavyweight division. Even though he was, was there and he was already a champion, I think it was a, a definitive fight for him uh, to show that he could uh, uh, you know, win against a, a real... Uh, uh, a real uh, uh, opponent. Um, so, in my opinion, the event of the year is tied uh, between uh, Wilder Fury and uh, Anthony uh, Joshua and Joseph Parker. Um, you could make an argument for Canelo and Triple G, but there was so much drama around it, and the fact that it came a year late, um, I, I just I, it, and it wasn't exciting. I mean, it was it was a kind of fight that we all wanted to see, but it wasn't exciting. Uh, I thought that uh, both uh, Deontay Wilder against Tyson Fury and Anthony Joshua against Joseph Parker were exciting. Now, the fighter of the year, you know, I hear all these people telling me, oh, Canelo, Canelo. I hear other people saying Vasily Lomachenko. Um, but my fighter of the year is Tyson Fury. And the reason why I say Tyson Fury is because Tyson Fury, first of all, came back from, uh, you know, almost a three-year layoff. And a lot of people, uh, you know, he came back. It seemed like a circus. It seemed like a WWE move. And he fought a guy he was kissing in the ring and everything else. Um, comes back. He fights the second fight of the year uh, against a, a better opponent, but, but nobody, no world beater. Uh, he looked better, uh, and then he comes back and fights Deontay Wilder. And I know a lot of people, including myself, thought he was nuts, did not think he was in shape to do it, come to find out he was in probably the best shape of his career, and he put on a show. He has brought back, not that there wasn't interest in the heavyweight division, because there certainly was, but in my opinion, he has brought back a lot of excitement in the heavyweight division. Now we don't have just one fight to really clamor for. And that's, of course, AJ against Wilder. We have several fights. Tyson Fury against AJ. Uh, Fury against Wilder, too. Uh, you know, uh, Wilder against AJ. 
you know, uh, you sprinkle Dillian White in there with, with Tyson Fury. I mean, there's so many, you know, Luis Ortiz is still in the mix. Joseph Parker is showing he's in the mix. The heavyweight division right now is very hot, and a lot of it has to do with the resurgence of Tyson Fury. So my, uh, for homework that I got from Dax, who's going to be coming on here in a minute, uh, my end of year award, promoter of the year, clearly goes to Eddie Hearn. The event of the year, I have it tied. Uh, if I had to pick one, I'd lean towards Tyson Fury, Deontay Wilder, but I believe uh, for the significance of the sport and the division, the heavyweight division, which drives the sport, I think my event of the year was a tie between uh, Tyson Fury, Deontay Wilder, and Anthony Joshua against Joseph Parker. And um, the fighter of the year, in my opinion, goes to uh, Tyson Fury. So, hey, listen, I'm going to take a short break. When I come back, uh, we're going to have Dax Khan. Uh, join us and we'll get his thoughts on the Canelo fight if he can come up with any more than I had and then uh, we'll get his thoughts on his end of year stuff and uh, all of that jazz so uh, uh, don't go anyways uh, we'll be back in two we'll be right back check out billycboxing.com now or feel the wrath of the mighty mustache oh that hurts why are you doing that to my face I hate you. I hate you. <laughs> That's BillyCBoxing.com. Consider this your warning. Now back to Billy, Billy C. C. Interact with the show at BillyCBoxing.com. And we're back. You're watching and listening to the Billy C. Show. Glad you could be with us. And uh, we're also back. You know, we usually put a... Uh, uh, a simulcast up on our Facebook Live page, and something happened to it. It kind of disappeared on its own, but uh, she's a back. But uh, speaking about who's back, uh, joining me right now uh, is my man uh, Dax Khan. Good morning, Dax. Good morning. How are you? Oh, I'm doing very well, thank you. How you doing? I'm cold. It's cold. It's raining. You know what the funny thing is? It's not even as cold as it's been, but it just it does feel colder than it really is by temperature. I hear you. But uh, let's we got a lot of stuff to talk about and squeeze it into a little little bit of time here. But uh, first and foremost, Canelo Alvarez destroys uh, Rocky Fielding. You know, Dax, I tried to find things to talk about about that fight, but it's very hard. It was a very lopsided fight like that whole card was. What was your uh, assessment of uh, Canelo winning the regular WBA title? <laughs> Which I think well, is funny. <laughs> well, first... What should be acknowledged is that is uh, zone and Eddie Hearn have officially, if they didn't think they did last month, they now have officially invaded the U.S. Uh, there was a packed house at Madison Square Garden last night. Uh, you had celebrities, you had uh, former great fighters, you had Sugar Ray Leonard, Anthony uh, Joshua on the microphone. You had Danny Jacobs in the house, Bruce Willis, Rosie Perez. The house was full. It looked very much like the Madison Square Garden of old. So, you know, that that's great. That's great for boxing, and it just means that 2019 is going to be even a bigger year because 2018 has really ended, with, you know, on, on such a high note. As for the Rocky Fielding, Canelo Alvarez fight, you're right. There's not much to say. It didn't start out well for Rocky. It didn't end well for Rocky. It was all Canelo, and Rocky never got going. So, 
you know, it was a great performance for Canelo. You can't take anything away from him. Rocky Fielding was just outclassed. He did win his belt off a very weak champion. So, you know, the future of Canelo is now what to really discuss. And what's he going to do next? Recently, they just said that his fight in May is not going to be with either Danny Jacobs, nor is it going to be with Gennady Golovkin. Is he going to stay at 168 pounds or is he going to go down to 160 pounds? Is he going to fight a Charlo or is he going to say it? Or is he going to try and get that WBA super title and that Ring Magazine title and fight uh, 168-pound king uh, Mundo Smith? You know, Dax, I, I, you know, I, I see this guy trying to take the easiest path, I, I, it, which was not his uh, initial when he busted onto the scene, was not his initial path. And I don't know, you know, the, in, the, in the middleweight division, we all agree that Triple G has aged. He's not the same fighter, although, uh, you know, you can make a, a case for him uh, in his fights with Canelo. Uh, so the next guy that, that I would like to see Canelo fight at middleweight would, of course, be, um, uh, what's his name? You just mentioned, I'm, dropping, I'm losing my mind here. It's early. Danny Jacobs? That's the guy. And uh, I would like to see Thanks for jogging my memory like that. But, uh, yeah, Danny Jacobs, and I think that that would be a great fight. Two big middleweights. These guys are, are big middleweights, easily could be super middleweights. Um, why do you think he would avoid him? I don't know. You know, Danny Jacobs has proven to be more risk than reward several times. Remember, Danny Jacobs was that guy who was a regular WBA champion in the middleweight division that – there was always a lot of questions on even you yourself had been very critical of Danny Jacobs over the years and his level of competition. Uh, much of that had to do with Danny Jacobs chin. It was always a question because of that knockout. Then Danny Jacobs goes into this string of knockout victories. He totally just destroys Peter Quillen in that battle for Brooklyn, so to speak, as it was billed. And he has gotten better since he goes in there and he's really the first guy to truly test triple G. And, you know, so Danny Jacobs, though, he doesn't bring in that big-time money like these other guys might. Now, staying at 168 pounds and fighting Calamundo Smith, who was also under um, under contract with Matchroom Boxing, just as Rocky Fielding was, you know, fighting on the zone over in the U.K., should Canelo decide he wants to branch out and become an international star and perform in front of an international audience, that would be huge. Canelo versus uh, Calamundo Smith would sell out any place in England and easily draw in 90,000 fans at the live gate and certainly draw in viewership, you know, not only from zone and any other place that might happen to want to pick it up. That would be a mega fight. It truly would be, even if not here in the United States, if it took place over in the U.K. because of how the U.K. fans are. That would definitely be the biggest fight for Canelo in the sport right now. But again, like you say, is he going to go that path? No matter what, Bill, understand, he has obligations to zone. The zone is their headquarters is based out of the UK, even though their parent company is based out of New York. You know, Canelo has to fight those guys. If he should fight anybody not associated with the zone, there's always going to be that, those boxing politics on whether or not anybody can make an agreement on which network to go on. There's going to, of course, be that constant argument about the money side. You know, it, it, it's, it's going to be very difficult and very messy. So Canelo right now has to, you know, put up or shut up. But really, despite what Golden Boy Promotions thinks, they're not in control. Right now, Eddie Hearn and the zone is in control on who Canelo fights next because the uh, zone is not a little small Mexican promotion company that you're going to walk out on. They have the money to make sure you fulfill your obligations. I'm not sure what the contract said uh, for with the zone and Canelo, 
but but from a couple of different sources I I, I that I've discussed uh, with that very uh, topic was that yes he's he's agreed and committed to fighting on the zone. But I'm not so sure that they have much to say in terms of the opponent. I think that that was one of the, the, the battles that Golden Boy won. But even so, e- even if he got to pick his opponents, I'm not so sure that it would be an easy fight against his own like you suggest. And it would be interesting to see what Rudy goes. Remember, this is a guy that said... He, his first avoiding Triple G, if you recall, it was, oh, he's a middleweight. I'm not a middleweight. I'm just a junior middleweight. Now he's fighting at, at uh, super middleweight, and he looked very comfortable at it. And, and I think that he would actually help the division if he decided to stay in that division. But then, uh, like we you briefly uh, alluded to earlier, then you would hear the rumblings of, well, he's avoiding another fight with Triple G, even though Oscar guaranteed that that would be a third fight uh, recently. And, of course, the Danny Jacobs fight. I think that that uh, fight right now might be the, the biggest fight in, in the middleweight division because both fighters seemingly are, are at the prime, uh, in their primes, whereas Triple G, we could you know make a strong argument that he's clearly on a decline. Well, in the end, Bill, just like HBO and just like Showtime, more or less, dictated on which fighters were going to be allowed onto that network, and they rejected fights, same thing's going to happen with the zone. They're not looking to go out there and have Canelo at the $350 million go fight a bunch of cupcakes and showcase fights. They don't need that because they have a lot of guys that can go out there and do that and even bring in more viewers. People are, for some reason in this country, convinced that unless it's an American fighter, unless it's a PBC fighter, unless it's somebody managed by Al Heyman, unless it's a Golden Boy fighter, they're not huge draws. These guys over across seas are huge draws, and the zone right now is going. You know, they're trying to pick up where everybody else has uh, left off, and they are not going to sit there and allow their network to go down the tubes from the start. No, you're right, and and uh, you know, I, I I will say this: the fight card that was shown on the zone last night was terrible. I mean, they were in terms of what you brought out in in terms of positive. Yes, Madison Square Garden. Yes, big crowd. You know, a lot of celebs. All of that. That was great. Uh, but the fight card itself was was not what you would expect. Um, and hopefully, you know, we we got to give them a pass on that because they have shown some good fights. Um, you know, f- good fight cards from top to bottom. Uh, so uh, we'll keep an eye on that. Uh, Tevin Farmer. Uh, won a fight against Francisco Fonseca. Um, I like Tevin Farmer. Tevin Farmer is the type of fighter that earned his position where he is now as a champion. Um, I just wish more fighters, or I should rephrase that, more promoters and networks should let fighters like Tevin Farmer challenge for titles because this guy, not only is he getting better, but um, several of his losses, you could say, were were Ws. Uh, What was your thoughts on that fight? I um I think people predicted an easier fight for Tevin Farmer. I think people predicted a showcase fight. Tevin did win, um, but you know considering uh, Francisco Fonseca, you know his career has been built off of wins over at best sea level journeymen. You know Farmer 
leading up to the fight had talked a lot about stopping Fonseca, and a lot of that had to do with that, um, you know, that promotional, that bad blood between him and Javante Davis. Remember, Javante Davis had stopped Fonseca in eight rounds. Farmer promised to do it in four rounds. As soon as that fight went to distance, Javante Davis, of course, is jumping on Twitter, and he's mocking Tevin Farmer. So, uh, Javante Davis, he has an upcoming fight with Abner Marez. Should he defeat Marez and, you know, the fight with Tevin Farmer happen, that would be great for the division. I think Tevin Farmer might have overlooked Fonseca, went a little bit past, uh, you know, the test that was at hand, but he did get the win. It wasn't spectacular, but it's nice to see what happens next. And I agree with what you say. You know, guys like Tevin Farmer, you know, those blue-collar guys, those guys that are willing to fight anybody, those guys that are willing to always be the B-side, to come in there and win a title should happen more often. Even if they lose it, the fact is they earn their way to it. They don't get their way promoted to it. I, 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 I'm with you. Um, one last thing. Ryan uh, Garcia improved to 17-0, and 0, uh, beating uh, Brolio Rodriguez last night. Um, how do you how do you assess his development? I mean, there was a lot of uh, fanfare about him when he first came out. He was on ESPN early uh, in his career. Um, you know, he, he did have a couple of tough fights, uh, but he still shows a, a lot of promise, uh, still shows room for growth. How, how's his development coming, in your opinion? I like the kid. The kid's exciting. He has a lot of buzz going on around him. He's definitely a talented kid, and he's had a few tough fights, but you know, he's also had some carefully guided fights, which, of course, at only 17 fights, that you'd expect that. Except what happens is they do they make the mistake with kids like Ryan Garcia is they make them into superstars in their own mind before they are actually superstars while they're still just in that prospect and development stage. And I see that happening with Ryan Garcia. Um, you know, last night, Braulio Rodriguez, that was, you know, of course, a fight to make him look good and hopefully bring him to that next level, introduce him to that international uh, level. You know, Garcia doesn't really seem to shine at that next level, but he is still learning. You know, he uh, is definitely not, as they're already stating, ready for a Lomachenko, Mikey Garcia, Luke Campbell, in my opinion, what boxing needs to do and um, a lot more of and what should happen in the lightweight division is try to decide which of these prospects is going to be the next one to step up and be in there with a Lomachenko, Mikey Garcia, or Luke Campbell. And that fight would have to be Teofimo Lopez against Ryan Garcia next. And that tells who the real deal is and who the next superstar in that division most po- might possibly be. Wow, that's a good that's a good fight. That you know that's the kind of fight that they're gonna make us wait for, Dax. And and that's also the kind of fight that I don't mind waiting for. What I would like to see is similar. Not that I'm comparing them to to Leonard and Hearns, but similar. I would like to see them fight and beat both of them. Uh, other top fighters, you know, have them both beat them and rise so that they're parallel and then have a showdown. Because just like the late, great Angelo Dundee once said, you know, let's, this is going to be a great fight uh, someday. Let's give it some time. And uh, look what happened. So I, I, I'm with you, though. I, I love uh, that fight. The only the thing is... The problem is today, Bill, now at the time is the marinating. That marinating actually becomes beef jerky. It lasts too long, and it loses its luster. And by the time these guys fight with all these titles around, and, you know, even if both have a title... 
you know, it's, each one has lost fans because uh, half the fans are calling one the overrated, the other half are calling the other one, um, you know, sensational. Uh, somebody gets a loss in there. There's all kinds of sanctioned body mandatories involved. You know, you, you lose interest. You know, let's see, you know, the pecking order. We stress this. We need to make a top 10 pecking order. And the only way to do that is to, you know, make these guys fight each other and earn that top 10 spot and get rid of these sanctioned body ratings. Mm-hmm. And, we, you know... No, you're right. I mean, I, I, you know, I just went against my own rules by even suggesting that. The only reason is, you know, it, it seems like these two fighters, um, you know, Lopez and, and Garcia, are, are both legit. I mean, you know, it's so hard to, to separate legitimacy from, you know, frauds uh, in today's boxing because of the, the, the level of uh, opposition they're, they're hand-fed. But these two guys might be an exception to the rule, you know, where you do see uh, some talent it's similar uh, to uh, uh, the kid that uh, was with all of all all of the wrong promoters, uh, who was an Olympic uh, sensation. And again, uh, his his name is uh, escaping me right now. So bail me out. What, what, what's the kid from uh, Rhode Island? Um, he just signed. Demetrius Andre, yeah, him. He's another one. God, Dax, that's two, man. One more, and I, I'm gonna have to hang up on myself. Uh, but uh, but the thing is, is that you know that that was a kid that was coddled uh, under Star, and then uh, and then you know he when he was tested, he he came through. So I, I put those two uh, in the uh, in the same category. But I, I do agree with you, my man. I, I would love to see uh, them sooner than later. Um, all right, listen, you put you gave us a homework assignment. And I, I did it. I don't know if you heard my three, but I'm curious to hear. Uh, end of year awards, everybody does it. Um, and uh, uh, there's so many now. You know, uh, the, the best uh, uh, beer salesman in, in a live event. I mean, you know, a fighter, promoter, uh, a trainer. But you picked the three most significant, and, and I, I applaud that. Um, I picked my, uh, in the first one, promoter of the year, I picked Eddie Hearn. I thought that that was a, uh, that's a layup. And if you lay on somebody other than Eddie Hearn to me, I'm going to be shy. I'm not going to think it's really you uh, on there. But uh, who, uh, I'll go through the motions. Uh, DaxCon, who is your promoter of the year? Well, first of all, beer salesman of the year is Fat Marty Fucalero <laughs> down over at the Barclays Center. He gets the beer there on time. It's not always cold, but he's polite. Anyway, but... Uh... <laughs> no, of course, um, you know, promoter of the year has to go to Eddie Hearn. You know, uh, for it to not go to Eddie Hearn, you know, is, is, you know, absurd. You know, Eddie Hearn is a no-brainer. Matchroom Boxing has done so much. You know, this year alone, they promoted, you know, the Kel Brook uh, return against Michael Zafara, uh, Shields and Hammer, Andre against uh, Kaltunuaka, Joshua versus Pavekin, Peter Bia versus Johnson, Yusik Berth versus Bella Bello. They were the lead promoter last night for the Canelo Fielding fight, and they're going to finish 2018 strong with White versus Derek Chisora. Uh, the, the rematch uh, right now under contract signed with Matchroom Boxing is WBA Super Bantamweight Champion Daniel Roman, WBA Super Flyweight Champion Cal Yafi, WBO Super Lightweight Champion Maurice Booker, IBF Middleweight Champion Danny Jacobs, IBF Super Featherweight Champion Tevin Farmer, IBF Light Heavyweight Champion Arthur Peter BF, WBO Middleweight Champion Demetrius Andrade, uh, WBA WBC Diamond and Ring Magazine uh, uh, Super Middleweight Champion Callum Smith, who won that title in 
the World Boxing Super Series, IBF, WBA lightweight champion, Katie Taylor, WBA, WBO, IBF, IBO, ring magazine heavyweight champion, Anthony Joshua. And the same thing for the unified uh cruiserweight champion Alexander Usyk, who's also a top five pound-for-pound fighter, plus you add in Danny Jacobs and those other guys that, you know, in their initial fights under Eddie Hearn, not only do they get a world title shot, but they win a world title. So if you go again, if you go with anybody but Eddie Hearn, it's just out of pure, you know, the word I always hate to use that's thrown around so much today is haters. You know, you may not like it because he's not a U.S.-based promoter, but the fact is Eddie Hearn is the boss of boxing right now. And if you think differently, then you don't know boxing like you think you do. I, uh... Couldn't have said it better. I don't think I could have said it just like you at all because I would have had to breathe a couple of times in between. But uh, uh, anyway, this one uh, it was a little tricky for me, and, and I'm probably way off base on these next two. Um, uh, but f- I'll get your thoughts. The event of the year. Um, what was your event of the year, Dax? My event of the year wasn't one fight. It was the World Boxing Super Series tournament. Oh, you know, in my opinion, that has to be the event. Not only did it bring us a unified Ring Magazine Cruiserweight champion in Alexander Yusek, who turned out to be a pound-for-pound great, it also brought us Calamundo Smith, the man who emerged as the 168-pound king when he beat George Groves in that super, in the Super Middleweight Finals. The WBSS uh, drew international attention. Um, it got a lot of subscribers to the zone in the first place. They fought around the world there were very few hitches going into that most importantly the success actually encouraged more fighters from different countries to enter season two and more top names who knows what can happen if this thing continues to be a success but right now the wbss in my opinion bill has done more in 2018 than any other promoter has by itself in terms of bringing recognition worldwide not in one country not in you know one continent but worldwide you're you're 100 correct and uh uh now richard schaefer is part of that isn't he not this tournament but he was for the first one yes okay all right well uh that was a that, that's a good pick that's a good pick uh i personally did uh two events uh i did uh Tyson Fury and Deontay Wilder. I thought that that was a, a great event, and it was a, a, a great fight. And I, I know people are going to disagree with me, but I also I tied these two. I think the Anthony Joshua-Joseph Parker fight was the other one. And the reason why I picked it, not because it was exciting, not because, you know, it was anything, um, you know, compared to, the, to what you mentioned with the World Boxing Super Series, but I thought the significance behind us being able to uh, crown a unified world heavyweight champion, even though Deontay Wilder has a, one of the belts, all the rest of the belts are owned by Anthony Joshua. And I thought that that was significant. And uh, that's why I made uh, that a tie. And speaking of which, the fighter of the year, um, I picked Tyson Fury. I know Usyk uh, was was on everybody's lips. He's uh, the front runner um, for most uh, of the uh, uh, powers that be. But I thought Tyson Fury, uh, you know, fighting three fights, uh, coming back from nearly a three-year layoff, uh, fighting a, a really uh, uh, big cupcake, then uh, a medium-sized cupcake, and then Deontay Wilder, and for all intent and purposes, got robbed in that fight. I give him my fighter of the year. Uh, who's your fighter of the year? My fighter of the year is Alexander Usyk. 
You know, I have to say Alexander Usyk because not only did he win that World Boxing Super Series, but he became the undisputed cruiserweight king and he established himself as a top five pound-for-pound fighter. You know, he entered in there with the WBO cruiserweight title and a lot of questions over him. Um, he had a record of 11-0 with nine stoppages when he went in there. He goes in, he fights Marco Huck in September of 2017. Yeah, he gets a 10th-round stoppage. And then over the next 10 months, he beats Mario's, Marius Breed. He captures the WBC division belt. He beats Mira Gassiev. He adds the WBA and IBF titles to his uh, Ring Magazine Cruiserweight title. Then last November, he goes in. He stops Tony Bello in eight rounds with a sensational knockout. And Bello, who had been on a streak since 2013, had not lost, had two back-to-back KO wins over David Hay. Uh, you know, those guys that he beat since the start of the World Boxing Series, including Tony Bello, have a combined record of 119-6-2 with 85 stoppages. Not to mention, Gassiev and Breedis were undefeated. If that doesn't get you fight of the year honors, I don't know what will. No, I, hey, listen, I'm not opposed to Usyk. I just thought that uh, Tyson Fury, uh, Usyk, it, it, you know, he's like this slow and steady. Talk about a blue collar guy. You know, he's a slow and steady, does nothing but win. Um, what's your thoughts on the Usyk topic? What's your thoughts about a lot of rumor that he's going to move to heavyweight, uh, you know, for some of the big money? I, you know, my my thought is I wish he stays at Cruiserweight because I think Cruiserweight needs more worldwide recognition. What's your thoughts on uh, the possibility of Alexander Usyk going to uh, the heavyweight division? First of all, the only place the Cruiserweight division isn't popular is in the United States. Around I know. the rest of the world, it's hugely popular. And again, as I stress, the United States is not boxing anymore. If you look at the scene, Bill... The top names are not from the United States. There's that little handful and that small little circle of social media followers that sit there and think boxing is the United States. And that's why everybody's so mad about all these fighters not from the United States here performing in the United States and making all that big money. But, you know, as far as Alexander Usyk going to heavyweight, you know, he's the heavyweight of the old. You know, he's Muhammad Ali type size heavyweight or even the Mike Tyson sized heavyweight, you know, between that 220 pound range where he fights comfortably. I think that, you know, making that 200 pound or, you know, just 199 pounds kind of taxes him a little bit. He's not a big puncher. He's a sensational uh, mover. He has great footwork. Um, again, like you say, he's slow and steady. His defense isn't all that great at times. Like Lomachenko, he shows he can be suspect if he becomes lazy and he becomes dull and bored in the fight. That's not taking away from his skills, but he's one of those guys that definitely fights up to his level of competition. His only choice, that, in my opinion, why he would go to heavyweight is for the big money fight, considering he is that WBO super champion. Yes, the WBO has one, and the WBO allows that champion, as I've said on the show before, an opportunity to decide if they want to fight the champion in division higher or division lower. They can jump in front of whatever mandatory is in that division at the time. So uh, Alexander Yusick would be able to go in there and fight Anthony Joshua make a big paycheck can't say he would win think size would you know um uh, be his disadvantage but it's possible and i certainly can see him against a lot of the smaller heavyweights and coming out ahead yeah uh you know i i i I agree with you about the cruiserweight division and and i guess i'm just trying to be selfish for the united states here and and hope that usick sticks around so that uh, some of these uh non-knowledgeable boxing people who call themselves boxing fans would actually start to realize that that cruiserweight division 
uh, is uh, loaded with talent, and um, it's a shame. Yeah, and you're 100 percent right. Every other Listen, uh, place so in the world complain, loves it. We complain even um, at the time before the United States was invaded by all the top fighters from other countries. You know, um, everybody complained, saying that any fighter who wasn't from the U.S. should not be considered uh, the legitimate champion. Steve Cunningham, when he was in control of that division, had to go overseas. The United States didn't appreciate uh, the cruiserweight division then, and you had a, a U.S. not only a U.S. base fighter, but you had a Philly fighter in, as the head of that division. If that wasn't going to get that division recognition, I don't know what, what you know, whatever possibly could in the United States. Dax, um, we got a lot of stuff going on for uh, uh, 2019, and um, although we're not going to be doing a live show now until uh, 2019, the first uh, Sunday in uh, January, I think, is the 6th, but you and I have to get together because we've got a lot of stuff to talk about with uh, some things we're bringing back and some new stuff, so uh, uh, enjoy your holidays, even though uh, we'll be chatting uh, before then and after but uh appreciate all you do and uh remember everybody uh check out dax's uh column up on billycboxing.com the best to you and yours my man and best to everybody have a happy new year and see you 2019 take care dax that's uh dax con you can check him out uh up on billycboxing.com like i said uh before i take a break uh i wanted to uh uh just uh read an email i got a couple of uh emails i want to get uh out uh, of the way and this one's uh this one's from Raheem and um I, a couple of these emails are still talking about the Fury uh Wilder fight uh so um this one uh, Raheem says uh good morning Bill uh, I'd like uh to see how the heavyweight I like how the heavyweight's do- looking heavyweight division is looking Wilder and Fury had a great fight and I thought that Fury showed a lot of courage when he was knocked down twice I had Wilder winning but Fury showed me that he could take a punch and get up. That means Fury Wilder can, uh, Fury and Wilder can beat Joshua easy. But it's too bad uh, Joshua won't fight either of these two because he's trying to avoid a loss. Uh, now to my uh, football question: How do you think the Bears are doing? And if the Bears are going to go to the Super Bowl, uh, I like the Bears head coach and the uh, it's the best defense in the NFL. I predict that my Bears will win the NFC and go to the Super Bowl. The Bears beat the best teams. Uh, beat the best team in the Rams, and that shows the Bears are going all the way. Um, Raheem, I appreciate the interaction from you. I really do. Uh, but sometimes you are just off the wall. I don't know if you just try to say things to, to, to get me going or, or uh, you know, but uh, like Mike Tyson would say, a lot of your stuff is just ludicrous. It's ludicrous, Raheem, Raheem. It's ludicrous. Um, first and foremost, Anthony Joshua was not afraid of fighting anybody. Do your research, do your homework. Deontay Wilder and his team never, ever, ever had any intention of fighting Anthony Joshua. As it turns out, they made a mistake of fighting Tyson Fury. Now, despite either Tyson Fury or Deontay Wilder picking up a loss when and if their rematch is next, and oh, by the way, I would not be surprised if the next fight for Anthony Joshua is against one of those two guys. But regardless of if they win 
uh, or lose or, or AJ uh, fights one of these guys with a loss, it's not going to matter. Anthony Joshua against Deontay Wilder is still a big fight. And let me tell you something, Anthony Joshua and Tyson Fury now, it could very well be the biggest fight worldwide. It'll clearly be the biggest fight the UK has ever seen, but it will be the biggest fight worldwide. So uh, you're totally wrong. Anthony Joshua doesn't duck anybody. This is a guy that makes $20 million uh, every time he steps into the ring. He sells out 90,000-seat arenas. Uh, he's a worldwide sports-recognized individual. They got uh, uh, companies that are beating down his door trying to uh, get involved with him and have his sponsorship. So uh, that should tell you something. Uh, I know you're young and everything, but uh, ask your pops. He seems to be uh, the glue that holds you together. As far as your Bears, I love the Bears. Uh, you know I like the Bears. Um, going to the Super Bowl, I'm not so sure. I think they're, they're going to get into playoffs, of course. Playoffs. But uh, Super Bowl, uh, that's uh, that might be uh, that might be a little be a little too much. Uh, NFC, uh, you know, to get by the Rams twice, uh, that's going to be kind of hard. Uh, and um, you know, winning the Super Bowl, you got some decent teams in the AFC. Uh, I don't know. I I will admit I will be pulling for the Bears, uh, but I certainly don't count. I wouldn't count on them winning the Super Bowl. They're going to get in a playoff, so you're going to you're going to have a playoff team for sure. But uh, anyway, hey, listen, I'm over my break. I'm going to take a short break. When we come back, uh, we'll have uh, Alex Perpali. So uh, don't go nowhere. Billy C will be right back. The one, the only Don King. Makes me feel good, Billy, to have you, the number one show in the country, talking boxing with Billy. So I invite each and every American that's listening to this great show to tune in. This, we want you to be there with Billy and me. Now back to talking boxing with Billy C, the only radio host man enough to take a punch from Mike Tyson. Wait a minute, man. Hold, hold, hold on there. Jeremy, man, uh, I need you to take this one, all right? Wait, what? What? No way. I, I, I can't do this. Need I remind you I'm Billy C., damn it? Now put on that mustache and get in there. Hey, hey, look at me. I'm Billy C. <laughs> Crap. The undisputed heavyweight champion of boxing talk radio. It's Talking Boxing with Billy C. Now back to Billy C. Interact with the show at BillyCBoxing.com. And we're back. You're watching and listening to the Billy C. Show. Glad you could be with us. And don't forget, we want you to be with us after the first of the year. Yeah, this is our last live show, but all of our radio affiliates will be playing uh, some best ofs, and uh, you can check out uh, all of our stuff up on our uh, YouTube channel. And uh, the TV networks are, are also playing some best ofs uh, for the holiday. So we will be back that first Sunday live uh, after uh, the new year, which I believe is January 6th. Uh, and then also keep an eye f out for us on a new uh, uh, television network, uh, uh, Ginico USA TV. It's a platform that will have... Uh, the Billy C. Show, it's going to be the Billy C. Boxing Channel, 24 hours, seven days a week. We're going to be showing you live shows. We're going to be showing you uh, uh, other specials we've done over the last 15 years. We're real excited about it. You'll be able to tune into our channel uh, on Roku and Fire TV, Google TV, Android TV, all of that stuff. So uh, 
we're excited about that. Uh, keep your eyes and ears and nose and all that stuff peeled uh, for some press releases uh, coming out about that uh, over the next uh, uh, couple of weeks. Joining us right now, all the way from the humongous state of Connecticut, uh, is my man, <laughs> Alex Papali. Good morning, Alex. Good morning, Billy C. How are you? <laughs> you saw you. I saw you laughing. You made me laugh. You thought that was kind of funny, huh? Yes, it's uh, the great uh, prairie state yeah. of uh, Connecticut. <laughs> <laughs> First and foremost, uh, we were trying to talk about Canelo-Rocky uh, Fielding fight. Not much to really talk about, but uh, what was your thoughts on the fight? Um, it was a demolition. Um, it was, in terms of an event, uh, that's pretty much all it was. It was a big uh, um, showcase Um you know, I think the biggest credit uh, has to go to Fielding because, to me, he seemed. I mean, I, as you know, um, I got interested in this sport um, during the Mike Tyson era, and um, to me, he seemed as nervous and jittery as like a Bruce Seldon um, or a Michael Spinks. But wait a minute, wait a but, minute. No but one. To no, his, yeah, but to wait. His, Nobody looked as scared. When Mike, I will never, I will never forget the look on Michael Spinks's face on that walk to the ring. It looked like they were leading him to either a, a, a firing squad with BBs or, a, you know, a live lion pit because that, I, I, that image just is burned into my memory. So please, he wasn't, yeah. he didn't oh, look that no. scared, did he? I hear you. Fielding definitely <laughs> had his uh, whistling through the graveyard face <laughs> okay. uh, because as scared as he might have been, he was holding it together well. And where I definitely give him major props is after that first body shot, I thought, oh, OK, well, this is over. Um, he got up and then, you know, he was a little bit trembling, but um, he fought back and made it through that second round, which I didn't think he was going to be able to do, but he got up from another body shot. Um, so he definitely, you know, he definitely came to at least go out on his shield, which you've got to admire. But it was it was a grotesque mismatch. Um, it was purely to get Canelo another title. Um, and that's what I, I think is wrong with the sport. Yeah, I mean, I think in that sense, as much as I am enjoying DAZN, um, they're just like everybody else in the sense that they're selling you a product um, because of the way they, you know, they really gave you the hard sell last night. At times they came out and said, you know, like Chris Mannix, I thought was pretty good in, in terms of, you know, being honest about what we were going to see. Um, but, uh, I, you know, aside from the Tevin Farmer fight, which a lot of people on social media, well, at least a couple of places I saw, uh, people were knocking the fight and the crowd seemed to be sitting on their hands. But I kind of enjoyed that fight. I thought it was pretty entertaining. Um, you know, it wasn't a barn burner, uh, but I thought it was an interesting fight. But again, the whole card was... Um, pretty lopsided i enjoyed watching katie taylor uh how could you not she is really uh exciting and and is a breath of fresh air for the sport she's just so positive and just a good sport 
at least so far, who knows what we'll see in the future. You, you know, I don't know. I, I love the, the Gore Vidal quote. I'm never surprised by bad behavior. Um, you, that's something we need to keep in mind in this world. Um, but, uh, I don't know. I mean, I don't think it, it was interesting because, you know, people came out and I tell you, the other thing that was interesting was that, uh, um, you know, Wilder Fury, uh, as much as that was uh, to me a much more interesting event, wasn't a sellout. Last night was, so it does show you that Canelo is sort of the power broker in terms of putting asses in seats, and that's what this sport's about. Um, you could also make, you know, I mean, I don't buy it, but you could make an argument for him now for Fighter of the Year because he did win at least on paper against uh Golovkin as much as some people have problems with that um and he then he in his next fight in a pretty short layoff considering you know that he's one of the, the top stars uh he moves up and becomes a multi-division uh, Mexican champ which hadn't done been done hasn't been done very often so you know that's a pretty good resume I don't think it gets him uh, fighter of the year in a year where you have a guy like Usyk uh, doing what he did but um, you know I think for Canelo fans out there I mean there's people out there Bill who are saying uh, he's pound for pound number one I think the only way you have that uh, in your mind is if Golovkin was firmly number one uh, then I could see you saying okay well Canelo gets it now but I don't agree with that Um all in all, though, it was it was a nice event. You know, um, well, I, I agree with you about pound for pound. Pound for pound, in my opinion, is either or or a tie between uh, Lomachenko uh, and uh, and Terence Crawford. I mean, uh, those guys uh, uh, to me are pound for pound. Now, as far as Canelo goes, I love that he works the body. I said it earlier in the show. I love that about him. As far as the title, I, it's a joke. Uh, to me, that they they hand they 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 might as well just let him buy the title because and no disrespect to Rocky Fielding, um, it wasn't a competitive fight at all. Now, if he does like J Dax suggested, you know, goes and and fights, uh, uh, you know, uh, other top super middleweights, well then then you can give him some props. Right now, he got another belt. Uh, he's uh, uh, basically uh, uh, stroking his fan base to give him fights. And my thought on the zone. Is is you know what what has happened is something that I said uh, at the beginning of this year. Uh, you, you, what's what you what you see here is you see these promoters aligning themselves with streaming networks like it's a new invention, and you know like like Top Rank they're with ESPN Plus, you know uh, Eddie Hearn and and, and Matchroom um, they're uh, they're with the Zone. So so what you really have to do today is decide which service or services you're going to purchase based on the fighters that you like uh, because now they're signing exclusive deals where they'll only be available on these networks. So, you know, in a sense, yes, the zone has is, is been uh, giving us a lot of boxing. Uh, I just hope that they're more competitive than the card we watched uh, last night. And speaking of uh, networks, what's your thoughts? I didn't ask to ask this, but what's your thoughts on that lame ass HBO exit from the sport of boxing, I, you know, I, and and everybody knows I was a, an advocate for women's boxing. Not so much uh, anymore. 
Um, but uh, but uh, what a sad sack. I mean, totally going at it, a sport with a whimper. I mean, and here I was the most supportive for HBO as anyone could be, you know, and I'm just so disappointed in, in, in them. What What's your thoughts, my man? Um, wow. I, it was very difficult for me in a way because, um, uh, my brother and I, um, once we got, you know, into a point where we both, you know, were making enough money that we could have the luxury of getting to go to big fights, you know, uh, a lot, uh, we went to quite a few HBO shows. I don't know. If, well, you, you, I don't know if you could see, but there's I have a whole bunch of HBO posters of fights we went to. Uh, so when they played that montage at the end, oh, that was just awesome um, because I can remember, you know, all those fights. And, you know, where I went, whether I went to someone's house to watch it, whether I had a party, you know, whether we went with their ringside. Um, so, yeah, the tradition was amazing. But that last card was just pure caca. I love women's boxing. Uh, that's one of the things that over the last 10 or 15 years especially has given me a lot of um, just new appreciation for the sport because uh, so many of the women toil in obscurity. Uh, and as it is, boxing's, you know, a niche within a niche, as you like to say. Um, and so many of the men toil in obscurity. Well, for the women, they even have a, a tougher slog uh, because it's just not a popular sport. It's starting to get popular. Uh, HBO did themselves a disservice, and to me it was almost like they shot themselves in their foot. It was a good example of why they should be leaving the sport in the fact that they had lit the fuse on a um, Cecilia Bracus uh, versus Kaylee Reese rematch because they had aired that earlier in the year. It wasn't tremendously competitive, but Reese dropped her and she had never been down. And what did Reese do since then? Nothing but win and train her ass off. And so you'd think, well, HBO, give us a good female fight. Uh, you, you finally realize there's women's boxing after all these years, you go ahead and broadcast it. And then the best matchup you could make that you lit the fuse on is a rematch between Reese and Brekus. And you decide to give Brekus uh, an easy fight against Lopes, who, granted, I mean, everybody who goes to the ring, um, you know, deserves respect. But there's levels here, Billy C., whether we're talking about Alexandra Lopes or Rocky Fielding. Both people didn't belong in the ring with the people they were against. Big. And yeah, it was, um, it, to me, in a way, that was a little microcosm of what went wrong with HBO, because this didn't happen overnight. HBO didn't start sucking uh, last week. Um, you know, one of the things they kind of did that I think you could point to was allowing Kaka uh, defenses. Um, some of Roy Jones's title defenses, um, you know, as I think once they got firm stars, that would happen. And there were nights that they gave you lousy fights. It wasn't all Barrera versus Kennedy McKinney or, um, you know, Kevin Kelly and Prince Nassim Hamed. Um, they they sort of 
you know, made it clear that they wanted out of the business for a while, uh, that they weren't treating the sport the same way. I they were in, star, in the star-making business rather than the fight-making business. No, you're 100% correct. I mean, HBO was that network you, you fought to get on you you, oh, you, yeah. you rose to the top to get a certain following to get on HBO and um, if they were going to uh, close their their boxing broadcast out with a bang maybe Christina Hammer against uh, uh, Clarissa Shields should have been more uh, of a fight that they put on but you're 100% correct they put two uh, fights that were less than uh, entertaining and uh, one-sided uh, fights you know which is the epitome of what seems to be taking place in the sport, which which just makes me sick, you know. But uh, uh, it's, right, and uh, I think that's just to uh, at, you know to pick up on something you had said. Um, the way that now it you have to buy the platform that the fighter you like has signed with. Um, that does seem kind of unfortunate if you're a fan of all boxing because it does you do sort of have to math out well how many of these apps can i buy a month how many can i afford um however isn't that kind of what they've done in baseball for a long time if you're a baseball fan and you were a fan of if you were the fan of the twins didn't you have to buy something to see the twins i know it's true about the yankees you know um there's been huge battles between uh, who was going to cover Yankee fights. I mean, Yankee uh, Yankee games. Yeah, I mean, you know, they had their own networks and stuff. That's what you mean. Right, exactly, right. So if you want to see them, if you want to see them, you have to buy that channel. So I don't know. I mean, is that progress or is that, I mean, is that just the state of the game that's coming to boxing? Well, you know, I, I mean, HBO, you know, they lost. It is. And I said this two or three years ago. I said, listen, what's going to happen, the future of, of watching and listening to sports is going to be you're going to get a package and you're going to pay X amount of money a month and you're going to get to see your sport of choice, all the teams, all that. That's what it's evolving to. I, I still believe that that's the case. Um, but where HBO really dropped the ball, and I think it goes deeper um, than people might realize, uh, especially from the sports end. Now, you know, if you're dealing with just movies and, and television shows and what have you, um, it won't be as uh, uh, noticeable. And I think that what's happened, and, and it seems to have happened uh, in the past, it, it's, it's happening, um, it happened with cable uh, versus streaming and, and everything else. You have this, what they used to call the whiteheads. You have the older uh, people that are running uh, television networks right now, and they don't want to. They don't want to break what they're comfortable with, so they're not rolling with some of the changes. And I think what we've witnessed, and why Showtime caught up to HBO and then blew them in the dust, uh, was that HBO understands that they understand that you have to have multiple platforms. Uh, Showtime. Uh, you can watch online. You can you can get their stuff in multiple ways. Uh, HBO, not so much. Not the sports. They wanted to stay, uh, you know, like they were the tops, like everyone's going to come to them, and it failed. And rather than go back and fix it, they quit. They quit like the bully on the playground that you stand up to them and you punch them in the face, which is exactly what Showtime did. And instead of coming back and hitting them back, they ran. 
and the bully was was defeated. And they not only did they run away and abandon the sport, they went away like in such a whimper. I mean, it was embarrassing for HBO considering the history of that channel and the sport of boxing, going all the way back to to when they first aired. Uh, I think it was uh, I think it was. Was it Ali Foreman? I think might have been the the, the first, uh, you know, under the HBO company. It wasn't called that then, but I'm pretty sure that might have been their first uh, pay per view uh, type of a fight. It was known as closed circuit back then, but um, you know, and and the history of all the great fight, the best fights were on HBO. I mean, it wasn't up until a couple of years ago where, and we were all saying, I, I, well, I should say, I was saying, oh, don't worry, they're, they, they got something up their sleeve. Oh, they're coming back. They're going to do this. They're going to do that. And they did nothing. They did nothing. Uh, good riddance to them because anybody that goes out like that, Alex, it's kind of sad. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that that's the thing about it is it, it was time. And I think that in 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 their final incarnation, uh, they won't be missed. Uh, when you miss HBO, you're missing the HBO of the '90s, the HBO of you know Vargas versus Trinidad, the HBO of Barrera Morales, uh, those that HBO, and that HBO has been gone for a while. Um, it's unfortunate, but you know the, the times change. And I don't know. I one thing that um, I, I don't know. I, I mean, I think that the zone is decent. Um, I'm not ready to anoint it as you know the best there is. I mean, as the zone. Uh, as you're not the zone. Uh, you're not going to anoint it as the channel. <laughs> as the best. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I do like saying dun da dun the zone. Uh, how about the uh, commercials with Buffer I, and? I, you know, I haven't seen the commercial. Yeah. I heard it's terrible. Well, Buffer and Buffalo and Canelo, uh, uh, Michael Buffer and Canelo. You know, but uh, I heard somebody making fun of it on Facebook. I got to check it out because I haven't seen it. Yeah, there's a couple of them. There's a couple of them. But uh, all right, let's get to uh, the fight. Uh, the end of year awards. We we picked three to do. There's so many of them. Uh, f- uh, both Dax and I, uh, for promoter, of the uh, went with Eddie Hearn. I, I personally think it's a layup, but. Uh, uh, what's your uh, promoter of the year? Yeah, I think promoter of the year, like you said, it is a layup. Um, the World Boxing Se- Super Series alone, um, as Dax mentioned, and you both and you mentioned uh, that uh, you know it crowned a uh, super champ, uh, undisputed champion. I, I'm sorry, I used that word. Um, it crowned an undisputed champion in the heavyweight in the cruiserweight division, which hadn't been done what since 2006. So I think that's that's pretty awesome. And not only that, one of the best fighters in the sport emerged from it, uh, Alexander Usyk. So I think, in a way, we could hit two birds with one stone right there because yes, Eddie Hearn and Matchroom Boxing, both with what they did with the World Boxing Super Series, as well as um, being the driving force behind making um, just the sport bigger, uh, both with um, mega events with Anthony Joshua in um, uh, the Parker fight, which was a massive event in Cardiff, Wales, and then against Povetkin, which um, to me really solidified the fact that Joshua's the best of the three badass heavyweights we have right now. Uh, in my opinion, he's the best. Although Fury has a little asterisk next to him because boxing is, when bo- when they compare boxing to music, uh, 
they always compare it to jazz because boxing's like st- is about styles. And in terms of the three heavyweight kings, um, it's Fury who has the most difficult style. So even though I think Joshua is the most talented, and I'm not the only one because one of the funny things on on uh, Twitter last night is you could see all these like jaded writers kind of fanboying it out by like, oh my God, Anthony Joshua's here. So everybody likes this guy. Uh, it's hard not to. He's a beast. Um you know, so I think those events were mega, mega events. That's why, to me, I'm... so wait, wait, wait. You got you threw me off here. So you already jumped into my event of the year. So yeah, in terms of event, I'm trying. I'm trying to do them all in one. Uh, in terms of event of the year, it would have to be a matchroom event. Um, I, you know, it could be uh, Usyk Bellu was a big one, and that was sort of a coming out party for Usyk because even though he got all the credentials. Uh, for winning, you know, unifying uh, all the belts, um, he became more of a household name, at least uh, across the pond, in his demolition of uh, Bellu, which, again, that showed how awesome he is because he basically just sort of waited and took him apart. And um, that he's he's definitely the fighter of the year. Um I do think that you could make the argument that uh, Omaha also had an event of the year in Crawford Benavides. That was a really packed house and a really high energy night. Um, and it, who the hell would have thought that you'd have that in Omaha? Um, so I think that there the sport looks good in terms of events. I mean, um, Golovkin... Uh, Canelo 2, like you said, I think some of the steam went out of that because we waited so long for it. However, that was one of the best fights of the year, I thought. I, I thought that was an awesome fight because you definitely saw the two best guys at middleweight really slugging it out. Um, but yeah, I mean, in terms of event of the year, I guess I would go with, um, I don't know. For me, the best night of boxing most entertaining was Fury Wilder. Right. And, and I mean, for me, I put, I, like I said, Eddie Hearn, and like I said uh, two times earlier, and I'll say it a third time, my event of the year, I, 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 I could go either way with either one of these two, but I'm making them a tie. I know that's lame, but then again, you did say super champion, so we're even there. Um, you know, <laughs> uh, right. my, I, I my, have the, the corner on lame. Yeah, you got, yeah. you know, but, but, but my event of the year is, is split. Uh, my first is Anthony Joshua against Joseph Parker. The reason, not because it was a nail bite or anything like that, but for the significance of the fight, Alex, th- this was. Uh, for all intent purposes, giving us a unified champion. Now, we still have one belt uh, that's being held hostage by Deontay Wilder, but um, it is what it is. At least when you say heavyweight champion, the first guy's name that pops into your head is Anthony Joshua. That's why I think there was some uh, enough significance for that fight to tie it with the fight you just mentioned, uh, Deontay Wilder and Tyson Fury. Um, you know, regardless of what anyone thinks of these two guys, um, this was a, a great fight, not only for the fans to watch the fight itself, but for the sport. And then my fighter of the year, I did give it to Tyson Fury. I thought that Tyson Fury deserves it. I, I'm not taking anything away from Usyk. I'm not taking away from any of the other fighters that, that had great years. Uh, but to me, Tyson Fury, and you yourself, 
said, uh, you know, a couple, for the last couple of weeks, actually, you know, that Tyson Fury's uh, biggest uh, battle was the one that he fought outside the ring. And to overcome that and fight not one, not two, but three times this year, including where most of us feel he got robbed in his fight with Deontay Wilder, despite getting dropped and that second drop looked like he friggin' was killed. Um, I give him my, my Fighter of the Year award. Yeah, I mean, I think that it's very possible that uh, that might be round of the year, the 12th round of Fury versus Wilder, just because it was amazing. I mean, one of the yeah, things... Yeah, but wait, you, you have to think of Deontay Wilder, Luis Ortiz for possible round of the year, a, too. That's the other thing, is that if you think about it, see, for me, I, the only hesitation I have in giving Fury that giving fighter of the year is he didn't win. Even though I thought he deserved the win, just like you did, um, he's, he didn't win. Uh, Wilder had, if Fury didn't get up, Wilder could easily be fighter of the year. Yes, Because yes. he would have Ortiz and Fury on his resume. Um, but no, I think, uh, yeah, I, I give Fury major credit. And if you think about it, remember what Mike Tyson always says when you compare... Um, uh, guys from today versus uh, greats from the past is fighters don't get worse. They get better. You could argue that the power punches that Wilder threw, that hit Fury with, those were two of the hardest punches ever thrown in the heavyweight division that Fury got up up from. So yeah, that 12th round is pretty amazing. There were a lot of great fights this year. And in terms of heavyweight fights, one of the best brawls was Carlos Takam versus uh, Derek Chisora. That was a great fight. Um, Alex uh, Saucedo versus Lenny Zapavinga was a great fight. Um, the the Battle of Miguel's. Uh, Miguel Burchelt versus Miguel Roman was a brawl. Um, did I mention Lomachenko versus Linares? That was a great fight. Oh, yeah. Yes. And, I forgot about was, that one. Yeah. That was one of my favorites. Yeah. For me, the two guys I think I like the best this year, I like style. So for me, it's Lomachenko and Fury who are, are the guys that I like the best in 2018. There you got it. And as Don't... much as I am a big Anthony Joshua fanboy, I do have a man crush on him, I'll admit. No, I hey, not, I'm not, not the only not more than me. I mean, I you know you know, but you know, you, you Lomachenko, you're you're right. You know, and uh, uh, oh, the Lomachenko stoppage of Linares was just a beautiful, beautiful thing. I think it's something like thirteen head punches that he just is like, here, think about this, think about this, and then boom, I'm gonna get you with that. Yep. And yep. then he puts him out with the body shot. It was amazing. And I mean, and, that's he's just beautiful to watch. And don't forget TC Terrence Crawford too. <laughs> you know, and and uh, you know the the whole thing. It's it's you know, and and Canelo, as much as they were talking about him last night as being so great, pound for pound number one, Canelo's not in my discussion for for any uh, any event this year. And 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 it's not just because I lost all the respect for him with that whole uh, steroid thing uh, and the way he handled it. Uh, but, uh, you know, he just was not uh, the only competitive fight he was in was with Triple G and they robbed us of that fight. And they're going to rob us even more by waiting another year for the third one. So uh, uh, it's uh, it's a joke. Hey, Alex, well, I tell you, I'd, I'd have no problem seeing Canelo versus Danny Jacobs. I wouldn't mind seeing that. Um, you know, the other guy that we didn't mention that we should uh, two guys, the little guys uh, in a way 
and Sorung V-side, they both had big years. Uh, in a way, you could still argue is one of the top guys in the sport, pound for pound, but he's so tiny, you know, people don't look at the bantamweights and the flyweights as much. Um, but he's unbelievable. Uh, he beats everybody, and he takes them out quick. Um, so, yeah, I mean, the sport is in really good shape. I mean, I, you know who also had a really good year, and he only fought once? Is Sean Porter. That was a great night. I really felt good for him uh, seeing him beat Danny Garcia. Oh, yeah. You know, anyway, is is the prime example of why they made pound for pound. And and this is why I don't include heavyweights. Because if you take anyway and you say, okay, you know, he's a little guy, this and that. But let's assume you bring him with the same skill set and everything he has and start adding weight to him. You know, make him oh, a middleweight. Scary, yeah. make, make him a middleweight with the same attributes, right? Make him a, a light heavyweight. Make him a heavyweight. Now, all of a sudden, you can put it in perspective what pound for pound means. When you're going the other way, and you take a big, big, giant heavyweight. And you could pick any one of the top three. Tyson Fury, uh, Anthony Joshua, Deontay Wilder, whatever. And you shrink them down to, a, you know, a lower weight class. Uh, you know, flyweight, featherweight, whatever, welterweight. And you start giving them their same attributes. Well, all of a sudden, they're not as destructive in those weight classes because they're not going to have the size advantage. Those three guys that are active today are much bigger than most heavyweights, aside from themselves, you know, comparing against each other. That's their biggest asset. Now, of course, you could say, well, Wilder's got the power and et cetera, et cetera. But, um, you know, when you see these little guys and you, you let them maintain what they display at the smaller weights as a heavyweight, well, now you've got some scary guys like Inouye. I, I couldn't imagine him being as... As, I would love to see a guy like him as a as a heavyweight, as quick as he is, and as powerful and as destructive. And oh God, uh, that's yeah. that's quite the uh, quite the thing. Listen, I appreciate uh, you joining us, and uh, I just want to announce that uh, we will be bringing back the blast from the past, starting in 2019. We got a lot of changes uh, happening that you guys are all going to love, and I'm really excited about the new uh, television deal we uh, closed. And I'm uh, looking forward to that. Uh, so, uh, Alex, we're going to have a great year coming up. I can't believe this one's over already, but I wish you uh, and your family a uh, happy holiday season, brother. Thank you very much, Billy C. Likewise, I wish you uh, the very best this holiday season, and uh, I'm looking forward to bigger and better things in 2019. All right, my man. That's Alex Papali. Uh, we appreciate uh, everything he does for us. And... Uh, uh, yeah, everybody's been asking me, what's the blast from the past? Uh, the trail of tears for the blast of the past. When's it coming back? When's it coming back? And uh, it's coming back. Don't worry. It's, uh, it'll be back uh, for 2019. Listen, I got a couple of emails I want to read. Um, this one is another uh, Fury um, Wilder comment. Uh, he's, this is from my man Stuart uh, out of the UK. He says, uh, hope you guys enjoyed the fight. Another one for the ages and a great advertisement for our sport. I'm guessing by now that most people have argued the result to death. But as we have heard many times, it is what it is and it's not going to change. I was mightily impressed with how Fury conducted himself afterwards. And that would have been a major disappointment for me. He took it clearly, um, but then it's subjective. And I could see uh, how many people can make a case for the draw. He's saying, just saying. Uh, I, I, I agree with you, Stuart. I thought Wilder 
Um, did not win that fight. Uh, I don't think it was even a draw. I think Fury won the fight despite the two knockdowns. He says, what did we learn? Well, Fury's back and clearly a major player. I can't see a rematch taking place next, however, and I have a sneaky feeling it's going to be against uh, uh, Joshua uh, at Wembley in April. I I'm not so sure I disagree with you, Stuart. Um, I, think, uh, I think Deontay Wilder, although I don't think he's the smartest uh, uh, person on this planet. As a matter of fact, uh, uh, I feel bad for him. Uh, I feel that his team has taken uh, a mighty advantage of him. And I think that at this point, they have to realize that uh, they better take this fight sooner than later if they're expecting Deontay to, to walk away with 20 or 30 million. The, uh, the best way he could do that is to fight uh, Anthony Joshua. Not to say that if he decided to go fight uh, Tyson Fury in England uh, that it wouldn't uh, get as much money but I, I, for, for all three of these guys in my opinion um, Anthony Joshua against Wilder and then the winner of that fight against Tyson Fury uh, is going to make uh, all three of them very wealthy uh, he says uh, why do I think it's going to happen because Wilder is on borrowed time and I think he now realizes that with so much money at stake both men will feel that by taking the other opponents will provide a big risk derailing their matchup I agree. He says, we now know without a doubt, doubt that Wilder is one-dimensional and surprisingly has shown himself to be a poor finisher at the top level. If Joshua had Fury down as Wilder did, he would have drawn the curtains on Fury in the 12th. There was no guile from Wilder, no thought, just wild swings and no patience. You know, I, I think that he really thought that just the knockdown iced it for him. And uh, I, like I said, he's not the sharpest tool in the shed. He says, that said, Fury was everything he said he would be. Cunning, smart, and I liked how he didn't overcommit. Uh, and to be fair to Wilder, he also did what he said he was going to do and land bombs. He, and in parentheses, he put a couple or maybe three. How, I said to somebody the other day, uh, you know, he landed two solid punches in that whole fight. Wilder did. That's it. Two. And they dropped Tyson Fury both times. Um, he said... Uh, and to be fair to Wilder, he did what he was expected to do. However, he didn't count on Fury being able to get back to his feet. Fury showed some heart. Joshua has, is the undisputed by the end of 2019, will be the undisputed at the end of 19, leading to a domestic showdown with Fury. Intriguing Mac, he says, an intriguing matchup, Fury versus Usyk. What's your thoughts? I think Fury's too big. I think Fury's too big. Uh, you know, I think you should, should stay in the cruiserweight division and uh, make it uh, as popular as it should be. Uh, he says, keep up the good work, guys. Boxing's alive and well. Thank you, Stuart. Uh, we got another uh, email here. This is uh, the last one I need to catch up on. This is from my man James. He says, uh, this is about the HBO card. He says, I got to say, HBO's final broadcasting was a complete snooze fest. Uh, the two fights were such lopsided blowouts that I turned it off before the third fight. The Roy Jones Jr., then Roy Jones Jr. was spouting some nonsense about two-minute rounds, making women's boxing more exciting than three-minute rounds. That whole thing was a joke. Thing is, it didn't have to be. HBO was the first premium channel to air boxing, the first to offer pay-per-view, uh, etc. With a history like that, they could have chosen to go out with a great card. Instead, they phoned it in by slapping any old card together and getting the hell out of Dodge. What a waste. Do you think Showtime will follow suit and hang it up too? No. I don't. Thanks, James. I don't think they will. I think that they've rolled with the changes, and they're going to still be uh, a major player in boxing. They've already announced uh, several shows for uh, 2019. 
Uh, don't be surprised if they insert some more. I also think that we're going to see Showtime uh, have more of a presence on uh, streaming uh, platforms. Uh, so we'll see uh, that. It is a shame what HBO did. Uh, like I used the analogy earlier, uh, it was like the bully on the playground. Uh, you finally punch him in the face and they, they ran home to mommy, you know, and that's what HBO did. Uh, thanks for the emails. Uh, one other thing I wanted to mention, the uh, International Boxing Hall of Fame announced their 2019 class. Um, uh, some play, some of these guys that got on uh, long deserved uh, uh, the first and foremost, uh, Donald Curry. I, I thought Donald Curry should have been in uh, years ago, uh, and I'm finally glad that he got in. James Buddy McGirt got in, Julian Jackson, Tony DeMarco. Um, I, I know that uh, uh, a lot of people have been pulling for DeMarco, and he finally got in. I don't know what the weight was. Uh, I, I'm not happy with the scene. But, you know, when I was looking at the uh, comments uh, from all these great fighters, I realized that uh, of all of the uh, living uh, people that uh, got inducted, um, and it was Donald Curry, Julian Jackson, uh, James Buddy McGirt, Tony DeMarco, Don Elbaum, uh, Guy uh, Juderis, uh, Lee Samuels, and Teddy Atlas. I know all these guys. Well, almost all of them. Buddy McGirt, I have him on my, my phone. Uh, uh, Buddy McGirt and myself, we've, we've uh, uh, crossed paths many times. Uh, I was really glad to see him. Uh, Tony DeMarco, I, I got the opportunity to meet him once. Uh, we did some interviews with him. Uh, so that was uh, exciting uh, to see uh, him. Don Elbaum, a longtime uh, promoter and matchmaker. Uh, I worked uh, with him on a couple of shows years ago. Uh, so uh, I was glad to see him get in there. Lee Samuels, uh, a, a uh, another uh, guy that's... Uh, uh, involved in this sport as a publicist forever. Uh, personally uh, met him uh, several times. Great guy, has helped me out a lot. Uh, congratulations to him. And I'm going to throw Teddy Atlas in there. Uh, Teddy and I have met a couple of times. Uh, the first time in an elevator, actually. Uh, another time I, I uh, sat right next to him and uh, uh, had some dinner. Um, yeah, you know, Teddy's not, uh, Teddy's Teddy, you know, um, you know, he thinks who he is, and uh, sometimes I like that attitude, and sometimes I don't, but uh, congratulations to all of the inductees, Donald Curry, Julian Jackson, Buddy McGirt, Tony DeMarco, Don Elbaum, uh, Guy Juderis, uh Lee Samuels, Teddy Atlas, uh, congratulations on uh, making it into the Hall of Fame. Um, so, just a reminder, if you're tuning in late, uh, all of our radio affiliates and television uh, networks will be uh, continuing with the show. Uh, they will be doing some best ofs for the holidays. We won't be back with a live show until uh, Sunday, January 6th. We'll kick off our week. We are going to be back better than ever. We are on a new network. Uh, keep your uh, email uh, inbox. Uh, keep your eyes on your inbox and uh, uh, all the boxing sites. Uh, we'll get some uh, press releases out, but that's kicking off. Uh, in early January as well, uh, we're going to have a 24-hour, seven-day-a-week uh, channel. Uh, not only will you be getting our live events, but a lot of uh, uh, other stuff that we've done over the last 15 years. I'm putting together, uh, I've talked about it many times on this show, about all the interviews that I've done over the last 15 years uh, with fighters that were young and now are world champions um, you know, Danny Garcia is one that comes to mind. 
you know, uh, Guillermo Rigandau when he first swam over here. Uh, you know, uh, uh, even uh, uh, there's just so many. There's just so many uh, fighters that that uh, we interviewed early in their careers, uh, managers, trainers that have that have blossomed in this sport. Uh, like I said, uh, 15 years worth. I'm going to put together and um, we'll have on that show uh, some stuff that uh, we've done, some specials, some uh, post-fight shows, some pre-fight shows. Um, all of that will be on this network. And we are looking for other shows. If you have a show or if you want to have a show uh, and you want to put it on our channel, drop me an email because now's the time. Uh, I've been getting audition uh, videos uh, uh, for several years now, and we uh, started doing it one other time, and we had a couple of shows on there uh, that were more on the radio side. But now, uh, if you uh, uh, put together, uh, uh, have a show uh, that you want to be part of our network, uh, drop me an email. I'll give you the guidelines. Uh, it's Billy at Talkin Boxing. That's T-A-L-K-I-N. B-O-X-I-N-G uh, dot com. So, hey, listen, uh, I know this year uh, we were, uh, had some ups and downs. Uh, we got uh, uh, everything resolved, and uh, uh, we uh, have decided the direction to go. I told you guys we would be uh, making that decision, and uh, that decision is uh, we will be back in 2019 uh, better than ever. And we hope you guys uh, continue to uh, uh, watch or listen or, or play us on demand or uh, subscribe to our podcast. All those things uh, were available. Uh, for the latest and most updated boxing news, don't forget to visit our website, www.billycboxing.com. And uh, I want to wish uh, everybody out there uh, a happy holiday season and uh, a great prosperity for uh, the new year. And uh, make sure you tune in. The first Sunday uh, in 2019, I believe it's January 6th, if it's uh, give or take a day. But uh, make sure you tune in. Same bat time, same bat channel. Until then, I'll leave you with this. Ciao, baby. <laughs>